ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 82 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, part of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network or the DAP Network, if you will. And we do every time with me. My co-host this week on the mic is Rocky. How you doing, Rocky? I'm doing great, Andrew. Happy happy to be back with you. It's been a little while since we've been doing the show together. And uh, especially after this, the, the best, maybe the best playoff weekend ever. Congrats, oh, man. Congrats to your Bengals, by the way. I just I'm I'm excited and I'm nervous and I don't care and I care a lot. You know what I mean? Like it's just like the, I'm just happy to be here. Like my Bengals are finally doing well. Like, I was I'm, just yes. gonna say you gotta you probably gotta feel like you're playing with house money at this. Like you could not have expected to be <clears throat> even when they made the playoffs to be in the AFC Championship game. Well, I I did, but with my heart, <laughs> not with my head. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. difference there. Yeah. So I'm excited. You're right. It's it's a good time to be a Cincinnati fan. Uh, there's obviously a lot of good things going on. The playoffs this last weekend was just nuts all around. So this is a good weekend to be a football fan. I, it was awesome just to watch all of those games kind of yeah. come down to the wire. Last second kicks overtime on the last one with the Bills Chiefs, which was a monster. So, but yeah, no, it's it's a good time to be a fan. And again, like I said, it's a good time to be a fantasy fan too. There's a lot of good fantasy talk going on we're heading into this so we're fully into the non-point scoring season but we're heading into rookie season and that's where everybody gets a little bit of that rookie fever so of course we had to bring on the one and only shane swagger how you doing shane welcome to the show and thanks for having me guys oh our I'm pleasure excited. to have you and, and rookie fever is real and, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and we can get into that a little bit but but when do you get to have that exciting of a playoff experience and neither Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers go forward from that point. And then, by the way, did you Aaron see there Rogers was a, a maybe going to Denver? It sounded yeah. real. It, funny you mentioned. I saw. I don't know if you saw. There was like a tweet with the. It's the first time in twelve years that Championship Weekend does not have Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady in it. Wow, that's that's nuts. <laughs> wow, and that yeah. was some damn good football. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, all of those games were good. All of them came down to the wire. I mean, this week especially was just all just awesome. I loved it. I loved it. Again, not only because the Bengals won, but that helped. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, so like I said, now that we're we're kind of obviously the playoffs are an interesting time for fantasy football players. And there's DFS and there's some of this, you know, uh, playoff uh, leagues and things like that where you've got eliminators or things like this. But I, I always tend to use the playoffs as the NFL playoffs as a time to kind of pivot. And start looking ahead to the ne- the rest of the dynasty season. I finally started got some uh, get some trades pulled off. I felt like I was pulling teeth for the month of January. Just nothing was happening. Everybody was just you know holding on to what they had. Um, and I don't know if it was the the excitement of this weekend or what, but finally got some trades knocked loose. 
I mean, on, on a couple, I don't even mind saying on a couple, I feel like I lost the trades, but I'm like, you know what? I'm getting my guy. I got to make this move. I got to do something. And it's just kind of nice to knock the cobwebs off, you know, like in one league where I won, I lost a trade and I'm like, I don't care. I got to make some changes. I can't stay stale. That's, that's the and whole it's point. Just a good time to be proactive. Quite honestly, right. there's certain things that I think there's this dead space within this couple of months that we sometimes neglect. And I know I'm here to talk about rookies and rookie fever, but I think sometimes if we dive too far into that, there's a lot of things that we can neglect within our dynasty leagues if we just focus on the best 15 players that are going to be coming in that could help our team and then maybe some of the dart throws that you you know so i i'm I'm kind of like you andrew and i'm going out you know and rookie fever is just another part of the sickness like the the junkies have (laughs) i mean what a great fit dynasty junkies and rookie fever because i mean it's all the same thing really it's that sickness that feeds us and drives us and trying to find that next hit even when we know the odds of them really being there you know slim to i don't want to say none because we know there's going to be some of we know there's going to be some misses too but it's still just so fun to get attached to them from the beginning and have your names on them early oh yeah oh yeah there's not much better than than putting your flag on a guy and being right you know what I mean? Like just kind of putting your name down and I, I believe in so-and-so and then they, they end up going to somebody good. They got a good draft capital, what have you. And then they just blow up. I love mm-hmm. that. It's I'm also right fun. You. It's also fun um, being totally off on a guy and being right. <laughs> Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is fun too. Yes. That can be exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious to see even what happens with Zach Wilson moving forward. Cause you have to think he gets at least another year. Oh yeah. I think, but... I think so. Yeah. But he's not like that top 10 dynasty quarterback, like some people were trying to say. Like, obviously, they're not a lot of people, but I mean, obviously, people were spending pretty high draft capital and, on that uh, guy in rookie drafts. People forget, too, during last preseason, he, he was looking pretty pretty good in the preseason. And he, mm-hmm. he had a bit of a value spike. And I, I heard people on podcasts saying, oh, I was wrong. And I'm like, dude, it's the preseason. You weren't wrong. And <laughs> nothing's happened yet. So, yep. yeah. Give it time. I, Yep. No, I agree. And I think there's some of that too. When we come into the second year on some of these players, the first year even can be like a preseason for some of these guys, right? Where they're still trying to adapt and learn. So I'm not quite willing to say that Zach Wilson's terrible yet, but he's definitely not great. I'm willing to give you that rock. Uh, before <laughs> I'm, we get I'm willing too, to say he's terrible. That's fair. Uh, before we get too far in, I do want to give uh, a couple of minutes here, Shane, just to kind of talk about where, where you are in the world, where people can find you and what you do. I feel like that's helpful to kind of start that process and explain a little bit about your experience, maybe in dynasty and how long you've been playing the game and some of that. And then we can kind of get into our real talk for the night, which we're going to talk about some of how we evaluate rookies and how we look at incoming classes, not necessarily Debbie per se, but like these guys that are actually going to be in NFL players in the next couple of months. And so just, I guess for the listeners that may not know where to find you or not know where you are, where, where can people find your work and what are you into everything? I am at Swagzilla zero G on Twitter primarily right now, just kind of doing rookie fever. I have reached out to a couple people. I'll talk to you guys too later, but about being guests on super flexible. So I'm hoping to start rolling that out a little bit more consistently soon here. We'll see how that goes. Um, but just kind of looking at rookies right now and then trying to make those moves. Um, I mean, Kalamazoo, Michigan, my Detroit Lions homerism accidentally comes out often in trying to like 
not get too attached to some of those guys. Yeah. But really like the, the rookie eval process for me and like what I think rookie fever does, it's almost like that weird next step after Devi. And that's something we're going to be doing too. Cause we have our rookie fever player profiles. that will be coming up where we have a lot of guests come on and, and start to talk about them before the draft. And then really like after that, I think everything almost resets, no matter how much work you put into it, everything almost resets. And then you have your landing spots and you start mm -hmm. to, that's where we start to really create our narratives. And I feel like if you can stay away from some of the work that some of these awesome people do some, I mean, I've really enjoyed like, um, the, um, campus to Canton guys and watching them come up like, Felix, Matt Brewing, um, Austin over there. Uh, I'm trying to think, man. I I, there's some amazing Debbie guys like Brandon Lejeune does uh, Debbie deep dive in the Debbie dashboard. Then, man, I, I don't want to forget anybody. I mean, we all know about Katie Flower, Tim Torch. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, gosh, man, there, there's some there's, people, there's there's a lot plenty of them. Of, yeah, there's you don't have to name them all. Flags like like yeah. that I've really started to like. And the thing about like I want I do want to give a shout out to Campus of Canton though, because those guys like do a great job of building their brand, and you can see them grow in their camaraderie. But they're all such nice dudes. Like they're also like reaching out to other people, and I, I've really enjoyed watching that group grow. I don't know why, like Felix Sharp all those dudes so i guess if 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 ketchup's not available it's <laughs> it's it's because i'm going to be using it to get caught up as much as i can after some of this happens and from talking to some of those guys and and post draft and right now what i'm trying to do is kind of evaluate some of the rookies from last year and see what I like and what I don't like and who I don't, who, who I want to move on from and which one of them still holds value that I feel like I could take advantage of that market of and try to predict it. it it's um, funny. It's, I want to ask you something real quick. It's funny. You said that. Cause when you were talking, you mentioned, you know, rookie fever and, and being a lions fan, I, I was curious your thoughts on, on Amon Ra, because that, that's a guy that's, you know, a lot of people are sort of divided on on how real he is and all that stuff. So yeah. as a Lions fan, I'm curious what your take is. Man, I I feel like a lot of people are going to miss out on Amon Ra St. Brown because he's a Detroit Lion and <laughs> the narratives that we're about to go into. And that's kind of what I like to do a lot, to be honest with you, Rocky, is try to like predict where I think the market will go. And for me, someone like Amon Ross St. Brown, I want more of, but I'm waiting a couple weeks and then maybe even more until we keep hearing more and more stuff about Detroit getting a, another wide receiver, which I truly believe they will, will get. And it'll probably be more of a stretch the field type guy. And then I think the, the value will start to dip. And so that's like my, what I'm doing is trying to predict that market value and not even necessarily if it dips, but when will it be a little bit easier for me to obtain a Monroe St. Brown, but I love the kid and everybody wants to focus on like that six game historic stretch that he had. And it was absolutely historic. I don't think that he's going to be a wide receiver one or that he's going to be targeted 10 to 12 times on a weekly basis. But I do think that what we saw was real. 
And if you start to really focus on the games where he started to start, and if you only look at, so this is what I've started to look at. Just, I, I, I have to look at things a little bit differently because of the things that people kind of use as their debates. I don't want to say arguments because man, I, I, I don't even like that word that much. Discussions. I don't think, yeah. 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 But a lot of times people start to use the same things. A lot of it has to do with that six game stretch and what he did without Hawkinson and Swift. Small sample so, size, all these other things come into play, right? Yeah. Yes, but there's another sample size that people don't want to look at. And that's week four when Amon Ross St. Brown started to start. And so you if you go week four, five, and six, and these are also I'm only going to talk about the games where Swift and Hawkinson played as well, just to be fair to everybody's narrative that this can't happen weeks four five and six he was the highest targeted detroit lion and that was with hawkinson and swift still getting a heavy target share but he had eight eight and seven Mm. highest targeted and then through like all the games together that they played after he started he was the second targetest detroit lion and that was after hawkinson had 43 targets amon ross st brown had 42 and I think Swift was at 35. I have it somewhere. No, you're on the right track there. Yeah. I mean, and, and on honesty too, like Amon Ra is one of those guys that, and I think you kind of said this is like, he's, he's a polarizing player. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that can create whatever story they want, whether it's with or without stats. So it's, I, I'm with you hundred percent. I think there's a ton of great discussions on Twitter and, and just in general about him. So he's, he's definitely somebody that, and I love the idea too of waiting to buy on the dip. I just traded him away in one trade. And as soon as I sent him in a trade, I was like, well, in another league, I was like, well, I'm going to go get him. You know, like, I'll just go pick him up over here. That's the thing I like about having multiple leagues. But I I am with you. I think there is a very high likelihood that he becomes a solid, startable wide receiver asset in fantasy. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's going to be a wide receiver one. I think they're going to bring somebody else in there. There are some things that make me worried. They're going to have to. I'm almost certain they're going to change quarterbacks. And maybe they have another bad year, at least another year or two. Well, Right. But I mean, there's a late change coming in Mm -hmm. that, right? Maybe they halfway through the season. Maybe that's when they change it. If the year is that bad or they make a bad pick, maybe there's another change in coaches, which I don't think is going to happen. But we don't we don't know what's going to happen. So there's a whole bunch of chaos in that offense right now. So I'm with Mm -hmm. you on all sides. It's a good argument or discussion. Yeah, and I'm with you, too, Shane. I, I, I think people are underrating him a little bit. You know, I think. There, no one expects that he's going to be what he was those last six games. I, right. I don't think. <laughs> if you right. are, you, you you are maybe a little crazy. But uh, he was basically like Devontae Adams those last six games in terms of fantasy production. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think he's a solid wide receiver. The last too, month though, of football, he had more receptions than anybody in the league. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, but he's, he's going to be a solid receiver. I mean, you don't yep. see rookies generally produce – the way he did uh, even when there's somebody miss like i mean you, you know obviously there are you know jamar chases and your jail models but right uh, you don't you know a lower draft capital guy producing the way he did i i just think i think that's part of it too by the way the, the lower draft capital that people oh for sure him. yeah yep so i mean like we, we even saw you know like jerry judy had a year without Cortland sutton and did not do nearly what I'm on Ross St. So. That's a good point, too. And somebody like Jerry Judy can slip. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown can slip, too. Yeah. So well, I do see what you're saying there. 
But I think too, what you're saying, (laughs) I think we're all on the same page, but at the same time, what you're hitting on is something I think that maybe gets ignored this time of year. And I think you put it perfectly, like looking back on this past class of rookies and evaluating those guys is valuable too, right? Finding out like, when can I, when can I go? Like, let's be honest. What is now a good time to trade for Gabriel Davis? No, I don't think it is Mm -hmm. right. Like this is a terrible time to trade for Gabriel Davis, but you know, when would be is if, I don't know, let's say Emmanuel Sanders stays and uh, Beasley stays and Diggs stays. And the, the Gabe Davis manager is like, you know what? I thought he was going to be the wide receiver too. I don't know. I'm get, like, you have to wait for those blurbs that come out on the other side, right? And Amon Ra could have that exact same thing where there's talk about them signing a receiver or like bringing in a, a Allen Robinson or something like that. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, man, all this, all this Amon Ra, this my wide receiver one talk isn't going to happen. I'm one out. You're exactly right. Yeah. That's when you can strike. And it's all and about it's the value of the market. kind of like enough negative talk out there to where once that starts, I mean, it just, it, it has that trickle effect that mentality of not wanting to be wrong alone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also the recency bias gets further away, right? It's not as recent. Mm -hmm. And these last six games that people are all talking about now in January, come March, people may not be as, as remembering that. I mean, just, Oh, you know, that was, that was a fluke or I've changed my mind. I haven't seen it recently, so I don't care about it. We see it all the time. And I love that about this long game that we play, how reactionary it is. It's so funny to me how quickly he, the market he beat changes. He Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. record. He tied a Randy Moss record. He built beat a franchise record from Calvin Johnson, not a rookie one, but a franchise record that was held by Calvin Johnson. He, I think he on the Lions with too, Jared like, Goff, right? Yeah. I mean, like, they, like, come on, like, you're kidding me right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the other thing, by the way. I mean, people want to downplay what he did because Hawkinson Swift were out. He also did it with Jared Goff and Tim Boyle at quarterback. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Two yeah, of those were... games, absolutely, Rocky. Two of those games were with Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, yep, yep. <laughs> I love when that happens. Well, all right. So I think I think that you we've got a good idea of this Amonra. Same I know stuff. we've gone down a good <laughs> rabbit hole. I like it, but I, I do want to say let's let's kind of pivot and look forward a little bit, though, if we can, because I know this is the time of year when I start to get in the film room, right? Where I start to look at the players. I really don't watch that much college football just because my life is so busy and I've got the NFL. I don't you know, I don't have time for all of this. Um, but I also I think uh, our friend of the show, Zach Reed, would say I listen to the people that are smart and I, I follow the people that know what they're talking about. And that helps me get smarter. Right. It's like, I don't need to know everything. I just need to know who knows what and follow them for sure. that. Advice, right. Yeah. And I think the way that this information is going along with the internet and the times that you can get all 22 anywhere you want, you can see things on YouTube, you can see cutups and highlights and all this. I mean, I guess maybe that's the, the first question I would have even in a sense is like, well, where do you start to look at like rookie tape or like incoming processing, you know, these guys that are going to be rookies, where do you start on that chain? And like, what's your process look like if you even have a solid process? I mean, I don't know that I do have a solid process to be completely fair, but, and I don't want to give too much away and seem lazy to like the (laughs) people I'll be interviewing for those player profiles. But for example, I, I got with Matt Bruin and he did Sam Howell. And as soon as, and how we do those is our Debbie people pick who they want to talk about. So they really bring it full force. And as soon as Matt picks Sam Howell, I'm going to start watching some tape. Not like Matt does, you know what I mean? But I do want to start to familiarize myself so I can carry a conversation with him, with that particular player. And then I get to listen to Matt yeah, and and whoever else I I may have watched their videos, whether it was like somebody like 
Brandon Lejeune, who I mentioned earlier, does a lot of great work. But then I start watching what they've put together for us. You know, I, I use what they're building for us, quite honestly. And then I start to develop my opinions or say, you know, you can sometimes be like, wow, I can see why they picked this guy. And then there's other times where you're just like, huh, I just don't see it. And yeah. you don't get as excited. And then, you know, so you start to get attached that way. And um, you develop those relationships. Felix Sharp mentioned that, like, instead of take lock, like, because I think sometimes Debbie people have a, a, more of a tendency to get take lock. Oh, I agree. And yeah. he said, maybe we could call it develop a relationship with. And I think that that's <laughs> perfect because I think that's that's kind of what's happening even through that and analytics when you start to build those models and you develop these relationships with the players and you start to get attached. And that's my fear of even myself sometimes if I start to look too early, completely honestly. Well, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I think my, my process is probably pretty similar. I don't really have one, right? Like I just kind of start watching tape when, when I hear about a player or when somebody talks mm -hmm. about something, I mean, senior bowls coming up and we're going to start to have uh, highlights from that and blurbs from that and stuff. And then we're going to have the combine coming up and then we're going to have the draft, obviously. I mean, it's not like you can do all of this in one day anyway, right? I mean, yep. this whole process that we're talking about is a months long process. So I like to say, this is the time of year where I started, right? I don't have like a notebook where I take notes on everything and I don't do anything crazy. I'm not hardcore, but I start listening to podcasts like Rookie Fever. I start listening to Devi podcasts where I'm like, let me get these guys that are intelligent and having a discussion. That's my process, really, is like going through and finding out who should I follow? Who should I look at? Who should I mm -hmm. you know, pay attention to? Let's open up some rankings. Let's see who's at the top. I didn't even know this guy. Let me see and some clips of him. So you know? many now. And oh, that, God. And yeah. That, as much as I love it and there's so many smart people, it's through these next couple months, it's almost too much for me. Well, and that's kind of what and I mean. I like, how do you filter? Like, yeah. Poop on what we're here to talk about, but it's almost <laughs> too much for me to where it's like, wow, well, all these guys are fighting about who this next quarterback's going to be. I'm going to just like go maybe buy low on Zach Wilson. Right. <laughs> you know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, Rocky, is that kind of your process too? Just sort of like stay out of the arguments and let, the, let everybody talk? Or do you kind of have a process that you sort of set in stone and just kind of keep writing? I've actually kind of evolved a process over the last couple of years. My process used to be when my uh, Triadix co-host Russ would do was basically just listen to everybody else and, and they tell me who's good. Um, but I've definitely been trying to watch more film over the last couple of years. And I, to the point where this year I, I have like, I, I basically pull names from a, <laughs> I basically pull names from a, from some sites, you know, that have the, you know, rankings Debbie rankings rookie rankings like dlf and, and dynasty mm -hmm. nerds i get a big list of names and uh, over uh, right about now actually probably you know next week i'll start watching film and all these guys i like i like now that i've gotten more into it to to get my own eyes on these guys um i'll watch like dynasty nerds film room is, <laughs> i'll give them a plug they're, they're great for for cut-ups and all 22 and stuff like that and I'll, I'll probably watch six to eight games on as many guys as I can before April and, and get my own opinions. I do listen to a lot of the stuff uh, Spags is talking about, um, but I, I, I try and make sure I form my own opinions on all these guys. Like, I, I definitely did hear some people, yep. you know, touting Zach Wilson, and I was just, no. After I watched him, I was like, <laughs> nope, he's not for me. 
Um, so, so yeah, that's what I tend to do. I watch the film and, and then I do give them sort of a, I do have a little bit of a grading system that I've uh, come up with over the last couple of years. And I, it's, it's nothing like, uh, I'm sure some really much smarter people than me, like, you know, Zach Reed and, and guys like that have, but, uh, it's what I can figure out from watching the film anyway. Well, and that's kind of where I'm at in, in a general sense. I don't, I'm not quite there yet, but like usually in January, February, I'm still watching the NFL. I'm still paying attention to the playoffs. My team, my Bengals are in it, so I'm even weirder distracted right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like for the most part, I'm going to go into February and just kind of like clean slate. Let's start figuring things out. I do like watching tape. I do like the analytics and all of that, but I don't really care about height and weight that much. Like I don't I don't follow all of that on, on a granular level. What I tend to do is when it comes to like the measurables, I, I just go with the relative athletic score, RAS, uh, Math Bomb on Twitter. And, and obviously there's a whole bunch of different ways to measure people, but I like the way you relative, like how is this player in terms of other receivers that have ever come into the league? That's where I can find the most, like d- distill it down to one number for me, break it down and make it easy. That's where I get into the the, the analytics side. And then when it comes to the tape, I, you got to watch the tape. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of different people that I know that reach out to me that say things like, oh, well, so-and-so likes this person. What do you think of them? And I'll honestly say I haven't watched a lot of tape on them yet. Right. Like, it's not like I don't watch tape. It's more like the conversations help tell me who to watch. That's what I find is that like when there's a really good debate going online, when there's some sort of back and forth on a player and it's not about, oh, he said he's 5'8", oh, he's 5'10". Like, I don't care about any of that. But when it's like, oh, I think his, his speed is pretty good. I think his speed will translate or things like that. It's like, well, let me put my eyes on him. Let me see. Is he playing against a D3 school in this game where it doesn't really matter? I mean, I think sometimes that context comes into play, too. Like, who's the defense? Are they going to be going to the NFL? Right. And all of that kind of stuff. So it's impossible to distill tape down to one thing. But yeah, I mean, this is the time of year where I start putting things together and start listening to, you know, who should I get to next? And that's kind of again, that's why we're here is this is the start of that season. We're kicking it off. And I think what we're all kind of saying is there's no wrong way. Right. None of us have it nailed down. If we did, we'd be millionaires. (laughs) We'd be like, I've got it, guys. This is it. The golden ticket. This is how you do it now. Excuse me. In regards to the analytics side, I do. I definitely pay attention to that in terms of listening to, like I said, much smarter people who do that kind of stuff. I don't feel like I can dive into the data well enough and and know what to parse out and things like that. So that's why I I guess I'm egotistical enough to think I can look at film and (laughs) and parse stuff out, but uh, I'm not smart enough to do the data thing. So I, again, listen to guys like, like Peter Howard and other guys like that. So well, uh, we watch football a lot. I think that's the thing I come down to is the reason I watch tape is because I'm used to watching tape. I'm used to watching games. I'm used to watching plays. You know what I mean? Like it's just where I feel the most familiar. I do some spreadsheet work in my life, but not at all like what Peter Howard and guys like that do, right? Or they're they're doing breakout ages and all these crazy graphs and charts, and I'm like, that's amazing, but that, I can't do that. They're developing so I just relationships. Do what I can. Yes, <laughs> they're developing relationships with the numbers on players, right? Yeah. But I mean, like, I guess maybe that's the easiest way to put it, though. And Swags, are you pretty much are you more of a film guy or a, or an analytics guy? I don't want to put us in buckets, but I mean, which do you prefer? I guess. I want to see it personally. I want to form my own opinion that way. The numbers are always there for us. You know, if we need to find them somewhere, I'm kind of that guy. And like you said, Peter Howard, I work really close with Dave Wright, so I can always reach out to him if I need to for some stats. I don't at all. Like, I try so hard to not crap on the grind that analytics do but i do and i and i said this to felix too so i and i man i love the work these guys do but i do wish there was and i and i'm gonna say it one more time at least uh 
I do wish there was a way that we could get them to push back on the relationships that they form. Cause I think that sometimes it can, it makes my work harder trying to make teams good for people to win. If, if they're pushing too hard on something that's just like, dude, it's not going to happen or, you know, or this is going to happen. You know, you can't just look at that. And, um, I can't say completely honestly anymore, <laughs> but, um, I'm surprised two drinks here. That's awesome. Nice. Nice to see you two drink. Welcome to the chat. A bit of a size guy though. Andy, oh boy. And it's oh boy. got me in trouble this last year. And I think with How's today's that? NFL, cause I, dude, I like the bigger guys, <laughs> like with the reach, like this six, two, six, three, I, you know, Nico Collins, I thought he was going to be a, a sleeper for the rookies. Terrace Marshall, I thought he was going to be one of those guys. And really the only size guy that hit this year was Jamar Chase. The other guys were a little bit smaller than I typically chase. I liked Jalen Waddle coming in, but I don't, I don't know if I quite expected it to even be to set like the yeah. reception record or anything like that, you know? So I I've kind of traditionally been a size guy, but I am coming off of that a little bit just with the way I think the NFL is turning. I don't think you need to be that big. I do like to see a lot of like awareness on the field of where you're yes. at toe taps, body control. I like to look at that in my wide receivers and just kind of like, was that lucky? You know, like, yeah, yeah, he's a physical specimen, but was that just a lucky catch? And I can't think of anybody off, off bat quite honestly, but sometimes you see those catches. Somebody I was really hard on coming into this, this process throughout the year and really wanted nothing to do with was Devonta Smith. But mm. now I've watched like <laughs> some of his film in the NFL and some of his catches and it's, everything i want to see from a wide receiver he's just way smaller than my size guy problem you know (laughs) (laughs) he does have those chicken legs yeah yeah (laughs) well i i think what i'm hearing is kind of where i go with this is i tend to look for things on the tape that you can't get in a number right like if you've got the numbers that's a good base but i like to see the tape because that's where in my mind anyway that's where you start to see the the player instead of the, the the numbers you start to see how they play. You start to see if they're willing to put do the toe tap, go across the middle. Are they willing to, to block on running plays? I mean, in college too, I think there's a lot of times you can learn a lot from, from seeing how a, a receiver blocks on a running play. Like, do they go downfield and actually get in the face of the linebackers in the secondary and things like that on running plays? Because yeah. sometimes you see a lot of these college players, and I hate to, to overgeneralize, but I feel like I've seen some in the past where the, the play isn't to them, kind of just they do that. They, they hike and they stand up and they're just like, yeah, it's not my play. And they kind of take it off. And I, I'm not... I'm not crapping on that. I'm, I can't play any of well, what But it playing. keeps you on the field, too, if that's yes. a trait you have. But that's what I mean. I love seeing when they actually are in the game and they're trying to win. And it like that, to me, that heart is something you really just can't, you know, you can't put a number on that. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that there's some of that stuff that I love the numbers. And I think that numbers are a good way to confirm what I'm seeing on the field. That's kind of how I look at it. Like, oh, I like this guy. He's got good speed. Let me see if the numbers back that up. Uh, and kind of what you said, too, is it lucky? Is it fluky? Is the quarterback throwing him open? Is the defense just falling down every play? I mean, like, how is this actually coming to happen? How is this How is this occurring? Mm-hmm. And you can really only get that from watching the tape. And it, And I'm not saying that analytics guys are doing it wrong. You know, people that are doing it however they want to do it, and they found a way that maybe there's a way in the numbers to make this magical thing come out. But I personally like to see that the tape sort of tell me something and the numbers go, I agree. That's sort of how I like to play it. And I mean... 
not that I do it right. I I was I was all in on Nikhil Harry. You know what I mean? Like that. As soon as he had sure. that draft capital too, I'm like, oh man, first round to Bill Belichick. They need a receiver. I, I say it all the time on the show. Like that guy burned the crap out of me. I had so many shares in Nikhil Harry. I think I still have him on one roster because I'm like I'm just I'm gonna hold it just in case. If not now, when? Like Kyle was saying. So like, there's a whole bunch of that stuff. Oh man. But yeah. So um, I guess the. the Go ahead, Rocky. Oh, no, I was just going to say, to your point about, you know, wanting to see them and going beyond the numbers, like, it's different. We've been talking a lot about receiver, but, like, it's an example popped into my mind. Like, Travis Etienne was a guy I was lower on than most people because mm. when I watched the tape, Same, I, I, I did not yeah, see a great a runner. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I he had vision yeah. issues. He, he just uh, – even though he put up decent numbers in college, you could see it if you watched enough games that I, and we, I, who knows if I'm right, he hasn't played, but, <laughs> uh, but I just, I, I was definitely, I had him as my RB three in this class. We'll, we'll see how that pans out once he finally gets on the field. And even in the passing game where he had pretty good numbers, especially his final season, uh, I didn't see him as a, like an unbelievable weapon, like, like that he was just like this Kamara like guy or something that, that that I almost seem to hear people, you know, seem to be hinting at that he was this major weapon. He, he was nice. And, and, and in the open field, he definitely has talent. But I just didn't see him as a guy that was like a, this great like like Kamara's out there running routes and things like that. I just didn't see ETN as that kind of guy. So uh, it, even when you see guys like, like I said, ETN had great college production, but when you look at the tape, sometimes you're like, hmm, I'm not sure this is going to translate as well to the NFL. No, that's entirely true. Yeah, and there's a lot of those players, I think, that we all see kind of in the college ranks that you know kind of come up, and then for whatever reason, either they they don't do what you thought they were going to do, whether that's good or bad, right? Like with ETN, you didn't think he was going to be good, and then he was good. With Harry, I didn't think he was going to be bad, and then he was bad, right? <laughs> like they're, they're, some of that stuff, too, is his landing spot and draft capital really do matter in different ways, right? And you, you get on a team like the Patriots where they just don't feature a, a receiver like that. So the narrative could be built either way where it's like, well, they never had a receiver like Harry or the, you know Moss and all these other things. You can go way back and say they do have receivers like that, but it just didn't happen. Right. So then the narrative is, well, they don't need a guy like that or he wasn't the right fit for that offense. And that offense is really tough to learn anyway. I and mean, you can make excuses all over the place for anybody like that. And then with ETN, obviously, and, and him getting hurt, it kind of I wouldn't say it got him out of the discussion, but it's it sort of. I don't know. It gave like a pass to anybody on either either side of the argument. Right. Now we're going to see if he comes off of this injury and, and is anything like a, a running back at all. That's a victory. Right. And so therefore everybody's right. And I think that's where it gets kind of crazy too. And it, it's man, I, I don't, I don't like picking rookies early and at least in January and February, I don't like putting my flag on anyone, but I mean, is there anyone Shane that you've seen even or heard about so far that you're just like, I'm, I'm good. Let's go. I want this guy on my team. Who's a rookie you already have heard about that you're kind of excited about. Is there anybody? yet? I mean, there's just, uh, for me, there just hasn't been that person yet that we've had at least in the last couple drafts where we are talking about Najee Harris, Deandre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, some oh. of those guys coming into the drafts. I mean, you remember the Barclays Chubbs, like I don't, yeah. I, I don't quite have any of those feelings yet completely, honestly. Yeah. yeah um, and I think that's kind of where it's at too for me is that there's nobody at the top of this class that's just like a Bijan Robinson next year that everybody's already talking mm-hmm. about. Or like you said, Barkley or what like T- Taylor and, and CEH and that whole debate and all. I mean, there's really I don't see there there even like if you want to go Harry and, and Metcalf, right? I mean, there's none of that that I can see that there nobody's standing out. The only one for me that I would even say is close to that is Traylon Burks is really getting a lot of right. hype right now. 
And I think that there is a lot of potential for him in, in the big receiver sense. I mean, he's a big receiver. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys that can go up and get it and kind of, you know, make the, the defense bow to him. And so he's one of those guys that I'm definitely keeping my eye on early, but I just wasn't sure if you had anyone specifically in mind. And it doesn't sound like you do, which again, it's early. So that's perfectly yeah, fine. It's early. I'm kind of just, just starting some of that to be completely honest with you. And completely I, honest, we're talking about yeah. running backs. <laughs> I, I think like, Wandale Robinson, he's a wide receiver, though. Somebody that I've kind of started to get a little bit into. Um, it's tough for me this early, you know? Oh, I know. I know. And that's what Jason I mean. I'm not trying Williams to put you down on anything. I'm just um, saying, like, is there anybody that stands out? Because this class, like I was saying before, this class of all classes feels like there isn't anybody that, like, jumps off the page. Not super much yet. And I think that there's teams that need a running back. But I think there's almost more, like, some of the free agent options might be better for teams to explore this year than some of the rookies. I did want to go back to James Robinson super quick though. Sure. And cause I remember after the draft, like, I think I don't remember too many other people, but I know Rocky after the draft was pretty quick to just kind of be like, I don't want to say who cares, but kind of like who cares. <laughs> and I, I, I was with you. I don't, I can't think of any other two people though that were kind of like, he's, he's actually got to win the job. Like that's James yes. Robinson's job. And that, and it, I, it, that played out into the preseason. Yep. Like, yep. I wish, and I mean this like not in a negative or positive way. I wish that we could have seen the season Me with too. both of those players healthy, just to see how it transpired I wasn't as huge into Travis Etienne as a lot of people coming into the drafts either. And then even though he had that early draft capital, when Urban Meyer was pretty much like, my guys were gone and I didn't know what to yeah. do. I wanted to so, draft Kadarius Tony. Yeah, just yeah. like, what? You don't like hearing that. Yeah, that's not ideal. Oh, not and he ideal. Say, if you remember draft night, he said Etienne is going to be a third down back. Right. Yep. Which again, in the first round, that's an interesting pick, right? Yes. And then for fantasy, yeah. do we want a third round back as a top pick? Like, no, I don't. Like, that, you know, what are you talking about? I'm a bell cow. And yeah. I think that's where we're going to see a lot of. And I, I think this year, maybe more than the past few in my mind, anyway. Um, free agency is going to be wild. I think there is going to be a ton of teams mm-hmm. that make a ton of moves in free agency. And then the draft. I don't want to say the draft is going to be boring. That's not quite it. But the draft doesn't have that same flash this year. It doesn't have the same like Jamar Chase and four quarterbacks in the top 10. You know what I mean? It doesn't have that same vibe to it for fantasy. I think there's a whole lot of um, value in the in the in the trenches in this draft. There's a whole bunch of defensive line, defensive tackle players. There's a whole bunch of uh, edge tacklers, things like that. There's a whole bunch of offensive linemen, I think, that are coming in that uh, maybe not a whole bunch. There's never really a whole bunch, but there's going to be a bunch of those guys that aren't flashy, but are going to make yeah. a difference, too. And I think that's something that in the draft, everybody wants to have their team draft the next, you know, Jamar Chase or whatever. But you got to get some other players to help that. Spoiled the last couple of years with rookies. Yes. Well, from a fantasy standpoint, yes. And how often do we see? I mean, almost every draft, there's at least one QB in the top five. There's very likely not going to be this draft. I'm not even sure we know who the QB one is yet. I was just going to say that. Like, I'm not even sure if we know who the who is the top QB right now. Like, it it literally it, it is. It depends on how what you're looking for. Which yeah. is kind of where the NFL is going anyway. You've got the the pocket passers, game managers, and then you've got the guys that run around all the time. And I feel yeah. like there there is a value to each, which means it's not like a slam dunk. There is no Trevor Lawrence in this class. There is no Joe Burrow in this class. You know what I mean? Like 
there's nobody that just stands above that's been, yeah. you know, Andrew Luckisized for the last three years. It's like, here's the next guy. Like, we don't have that. I don't think. No. Like to point to that, uh, Matt Corral is a guy I've heard a lot of people talk about as the potential, at least on the fantasy side, as the potential best QB. And I was listening to uh, Debbie Marketplace today, Shane Helm, who does a lot of regular NFL draft stuff, said he's not sure he's going to go in the first round now. He actually mocked him in the second in his latest uh, mock I, draft. So, I've seen I mean, if that happens, no QBs yeah. in the first, which is just yeah. mind blowing to me. Where we that were last year, where there were all these QBs, but that's the that's there's the, gonna be QBs in the first. Oh, I know there always <laughs> is, but I'm saying I've seen mocks where there aren't, which is the first time I've seen that is even a mock not having it, right? And mm-hmm. mocks are meant to be kind of crazy, and I love the talk that comes from that. But I think too that just kind of it hits at home for fantasy too. Like your rookie drafts this year are gonna be interesting. And I think and maybe this is a way to pivot in a sense too, but there was so much talk about this class being bad, right? And get out of your 22 picks. I I've never really agreed with that. I just it's not top heavy. Right. There's no like there's no I want these two guys. There are 12 receivers that I'm fine with in this draft. There are five running backs that I'm fine with. And let's say two or three quarterbacks I'm fine with. There's nobody I'm in love with. And again, it is early and we I haven't watched Mm -hmm. film on everybody. There is a chance that, you know, somebody has a crazy combine or a crazy video comes out or, you know, whatever. And there's all this stuff that can happen to elevate players. But I just don't see there being anybody at the top of this class. And I think that's what people were trying to talk about in the, in the years past. And the Debbie guys were all saying this class is, is a it's a deeper pool, but it's not quite as flashy. There is a lot of depth in this draft. And I think this is maybe a, another way to put this, too, is trading for rookie picks. Don't trade when you're in the rookie fever. Right. When you're in the when you're on the clock and that pick is worth as much as possible. That's the worst time to trade for it or trade it away, I should say. And now is the time to trade for those. If you can get them on the cheap, maybe somebody's looking at this class and they're like, you know, I just don't like any of these players. I don't think the second round pick is going to be worth that much. Maybe now's the time you can sneak some of those off a roster. You know what I mean? Because I think the second round is going to have a lot of value too. And second round picks are always hit or miss. But I mean, at the same time, there is a ton of players. There are a ton of players in this draft that are going to hit the NFL. Like Amon Ross St. Brown did, you know, like um, other players in the second. Who was the other one? I was just thinking about the other day, like a second round pick that blew up. We have that happen all the time. Mm, and this Brian round of Moose this trying to think of this Brian was another good one. There, this draft, Carter, though, maybe. more than most, I feel like there could be more second rounders because there's nobody flashy. There's nobody at the top that's distracting everybody. And that means the value could fall through, especially in Superflex. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, I, I think this is an interesting like time of year. It's so hard to get picks off teams right now even for 2023 because everybody's kind of like that's the class i'm saving yeah. well 23 picks are gold they know yeah. that they can wait a little bit and they gain that value a move that i've found more success with is just trying to move up a little bit right because i think it's at the point till still where people are like well if i can get more picks that are going to gain value but then i've noticed in the past if you once you're trying to move up in your draft it's a lot harder to give somebody like a third and a two six to move up to 203 but yeah. if you can do it today when somebody's like oh yeah now i've got two picks that are going to gain value he's going to mess his pick up anyway right but, like once you're in the draft you're kind of thinking wow there's only one guy i want i really want to stay at this 203 and he can have his 206 and three five but today people are like oh an extra third rounder I'll do something with it. And I'm just, I'm willing to just kind of try to move up a few spots. And I want to get as many of my picks in that like top 16 as I can, maybe even better this year. But yeah, no, I completely agree. Rocky, is that where you are too with some of that? Yeah, I mean that. That's again, I haven't really dove into to, to, to these guys yet, but that's that. I basically feel in the same way. That's what I'm hearing. Is a lot of a lot of depth in this class. 
um, a lot of, especially at wide receiver. Uh, and, you know, there's a, a handful of quarterbacks that, that could go in that, you know, first range, second, second round in terms of the actual NFL draft um, or early second round. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting, but yeah, I, I, I don't mind grabbing some seconds and, uh, and, I think the an, another move that's not too bad. To just from what I'm hearing so far, and I haven't looked at the guys, is is if you know if you're in that late first, maybe trading back until like getting two early seconds or something like that. Because from again, from what the people I'm listening to, it sounds like after like you know 107, 108, it's a lot of a similar type prospects not necessarily in terms of how they play, but in terms of what you're expecting from them at the next level. So. So yeah, I, I like the idea of, of getting getting into that second round and getting some of those guys. No, I, I like that a lot. And and something I say all year, and I talk about this anytime somebody DMs me about trade talks or you know, who should I draft? Who's the number I trade or draft for value, trade for need, right? Like let's not look at this and say, Well, I need a running back. You don't. It's March, it's April, it's May. You don't need a running back right now. What you need is value on your roster. And I think ultimately that's what we're coming back to on this is like sometimes those pick value jumps, like a player in a third for a second or a player in a second for a first, those kind of value jumps can really be helpful because even just moving up a single round, you increase your chances of that player being more valuable, right? And the, the chances of that pick going up in value between now and the draft. And I mean, as much as we want to say there's a break at, at 107, once we have landing spots, that break could be at 105. It could be at 112. We, we honestly don't know. And so I think anytime you can move up, it's always like, I think Shane put it yeah, perfectly. The top 16 is where I want to live for sure. Also, yeah. I think that there's something to be said about like startup value versus rookie draft capital. Cause if you start looking at your rookie drafts, you might, I, I can't think of an example right now, but let's, you might see like Jalen Waddle taken in. I don't, I don't really know where he was going. Let's say the eighth round last year. And maybe Rondale Moore was taking two spots after him in your rookie draft, but in a startup, he was taking 60 spots later. Right. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but the deeper you get, the more that spread, like almost every rookie pick, you might as well put like 10 to 15 vets in between them mm -hmm. in your startup. And I think that that value goes away a little bit or is minimized within your rookie draft. If you're moving up, 15 spots in your startup. If you think about it like that versus moving one or three spots up, I mean, if you're moving three spots up in your rookie draft in the second round, I 40, 40 spots hypothetically, yeah. you know, like that's yeah. huge. Yep. That's a good point too, especially in the second round where some of those players are, are riskier and are have bigger gaps because they're later down, you know, they're yeah. in the, the yep. eighth, the 12th round of, of regular, uh, you know, NFL startup or whatever. Yeah, yep. for sure. And I don't know if we're finishing up here, but two things I did want to say before we uh, before we end this uh, rookie evaluation discussion is one, I, I think it, however you your whatever your process is, if, even if it's just listening to other people, reading people's articles, I think it's super important to have a list like a ranking list or a tier list before the draft because otherwise that's how you get Clyde Edwards Alaire as your RB1 and, and AJ Brown at the yeah. end of the first round and things like that. How that happened though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Twitter. Twitter's how that happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was pretty clear. I mean, to be honest, Twitter. I mean I was somewhat I didn't have him as my RB1, but I was somewhat I I definitely moved to I had a pre-draft ranking and I did move him up based on the situation and I and I shouldn't have. It's so um, hard to like yeah stay out of the echo chamber i think we've yep. all fallen into some oh, kind yeah. of chamber at one point or the other i mean even even the tweet that i have pinned 
I'm the one that drafted Clyde Edwards Alaire. So before I rectified myself, I made a I, I bought into that hype and just yeah. you know what I mean? For whatever reason I was like, Oh, I've gotta take him here. And then the infamous trade for straight up for DeAndre Swift, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so but th- that was my pick that I used to draft Clyde Edwards Alaire. So even that rubbed off on me enough to where I made that pick, you know, so I can just sit well, here and crap on herd mentality all I want. But really, <laughs> I just want people to be aware of it because I think it applies oh, yeah. to all of us. For sure. I think there is something different, though, in, in like how we value and evaluate players versus what the market is on players. And I think that's where sometimes that Twitter inflation can occur. Right. CEH was hit with Twitter inflation hard. Right. Very, and very. that's kind of where the, the catch. And I think. We've gone around and around on all of this since that all happened. But I think at the same time, there is something to be said, like, well, okay, the market values him more than at the 102 than someone else I like more. It might make sense to take that pick, even though I don't like it, take the value and try to trade it to someone else. But at the same time, go get your guys, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've done, and I think this is kind of what you're saying too, Rocky, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like find your guys, get your list together, put your stuff into tiers. And then when the draft happens, make them a nudge, but don't make monster moves. Exactly. Right? That's kind of where and you were going. That's the anyway. problem we all, and like I said, even including me, I think I had Clyde at RB five prior to the draft and I moved him all the way up to RB two. So I didn't, I didn't put him ahead of Jonathan Taylor, but I did move him ahead of a guy like Swift. Um, so, and I shouldn't have done that, but at least, uh, at least I was, uh, I had enough uh, sense based on my pre-draft uh, yeah. evaluation to not move him up to one over Jonathan Taylor. So that, well, that helped I, a little. A lot of people did, and that's fine, but that's where you can start to exploit the market. And and obviously our valuations are very, can be very different than what the market valuations are. And that's why when you put a poll up on Twitter and you get like, well, here's what everybody thinks. It's in a vacuum. They don't have a clue about the context of your league or like what your team looks like or, you know, whatever. Um, there's also a bunch of stuff like different trade calculators out there that are all say one thing or the other, like none of them are right yeah, or wrong. It's yeah. just all useful in a way to be like, here's what the market could be into. Or here's what they're thinking. Um, but I can't tell you how many times I put something in there and go, that's ridiculous. I don't agree with that hundred percent, but there's no 100% because it's in my brain. There's I, I don't even know what it is right And my brain changes all the time. But I think what you said, Rocky is, is one of the things I definitely wanted to, to end on or mention in here is however your process is. And something that I started doing a couple of years ago, really when I got more into dynasty was I would keep, I have a Google doc that I keep with all of my fantasy stuff in it. And I just kind of keep a list of the guys that I'm really trying to target. And they're like, these are players that I like. And I don't even put on there why. It's just more like the name. Here's the names that I like. And it might be six players long. It might grow to eight or nine. It might shrink after the draft. But those are all players that I really like. And then what I'll do is, and I'll have those ranked, but then I'll take those and kind of after the market decides what their valuations are, be like, all right, at the 105, if none of these three make it to the 105, I'm trading back. It's not to say that I don't like the players at 105. It's just I'd rather trade back a little, get an extra second or a third or an extra future pick and get the guy that I like that the market is valuing at 108, right? That's kind of the, the process that I end up doing is at the start of it is right now, but that start starts now. Like I start putting players on a list now. Traylon Burks is the only name on that list for me right now. He's the only one I've even done any sort of research on. You know, it's early. It's still NFL season. We have plenty of time. It's not like my list needs to be completed. There's no deadline. But like to me, that's the list that I start keeping. And you put it perfectly too, Rocky. Put tears in there. But like, here's a yep. gap. There, there's there is a gap in the talent of what I like. And because honestly, this the whole point of this game is to find the guys that you want to put your flag on, that you want to have on your team, that you like to watch. And it's hard to say who that's going to be until the draft. So I have no problem at all nudging players once draft capital happens or once a team landing spot occurs. But like you were saying perfectly, don't move from running back five to running back one because of a draft slide. 
you know, trust your eyes, trust your rankings. Look at who you got. Now, if yeah. you had CEH as one at RB one already, you know, more power to you. You know, you're going to live and die by that. But don't don't go crazy. Or yeah, and I'm not saying up a spot or two. <clears throat> right. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying nice. situation. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Dra- draft capital obviously matters. Uh, I, I can remember uh, a few years ago, everyone had a, a Keem Butler up there, and then he went in the sixth round. So that 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 matters. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, you you just need to use it as as a, as a small piece. Don't 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 move move Clyde from RB five to RB one or two like I did. Right. Um, and and one other thing I did want to say before we we finish up on this is just a little uh, self uh, uh, plug here, I guess. If you are interested in kind of like watching film and evaluating rookies, we did an episode around this time last year with Zach Reed and Garrett Price, where it was even more detailed than what we're talking about. Like they went through the nuts and bolts of, of what they do, what they look for, um, where what where they get their names for, all that kind of stuff. Uh, episode 39, Dynasty Junkies, if you want to go check that out. <laughs> go for a deep scroll. And I know that there's a whole bunch of people out there putting stuff out. There's a whole bunch of podcasts. There's a whole bunch of content coming out. I And I I think you were trying to mention everybody that does Debbie swag. There's no way to do that, right? But find guys that you like. Find guys that you trust. I like the guys at Debbie Royale. Everybody you guys have mentioned, like, are such (laughs) awesome guys. Like, even, like, the nerds and so many. But I kind of want – I tried to mention a few that I feel like are a little bit newer and up and coming and and hitting some gears lately that it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. I like the guys at the Debbie Royale. You got uh, Christian, Kevin, and Jeff, I believe, are the three that do that. And Jeff Bell, obviously, a friend of ours. Um, But I'm in a a, a kind of a Campus to Canton version league with Jeff and those guys, and it's the Debbie Royale Listener League. And I, I am I am over my skis big time on that one. I don't know what the heck I'm doing because it's we're drafting college players to actually have a college team, and I'm not ready for that. Right? Like it is, I am not close to ready for that. I, I barely have started my Debbie research, let alone who's going to be coming out in 2025. So I'm excited to have that. And we just started the draft, which I'm again not ready for. So that's terrific and terrifying. But like that's where I think to the thing I wanted to hit on before we left this is don't be afraid of it. Right? Like d- dive in. And I think this is yeah. something I learned when I got into Dynasty, where it's like it can feel kind of overwhelming. And if you're listening to this, you're a junkie. You're, you're already pretty hardcore into Dynasty. You're going to have tons of fun in Debbie. You know, don't worry about it being overwhelming. Don't worry about being wrong. Debbie isn't that hard. There are some really low entry point Debbie leagues with, you know, two Debbie slots or what have you. Like you can make it really low impact and you can find the right league for you. You don't have to go crazy in the campus to Canton and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I always say to people, like, don't be afraid to try a new format. You know, let's let's get out there and try something different. So if you're looking at something and in, in to maybe spice up your league this year where it's getting kind of stale, maybe that's an option is you just add one Debbie slot this year. Yeah. Just say like, hey, let's pick one college player that we can get into. And I guess that's sort of the one thing I wanted to end on with this process mm-hmm. is like now's the time to look at that stuff, too. Yeah. But I guess, Swags, is there anything else you want to bring up I, I in, in this section? And on here? that note, and I think that everything, especially if you're here, you're already with Dynasty Junkies. So if you've made it into some dynasty leagues or if you're interested, that's obviously why you're listening. If you haven't, it's so you you know with the dynasty leagues that you've joined that it also has made you a little bit smarter in your redraft leagues. You know that it's made you a little bit smarter in your keeper leagues. And Debbie's going to do the same thing for your dynasty leagues that you are already existing in. And then I'm not in any, but I'm hearing the same thing about the campus to Canton leagues, you know, into your Debbie leagues and all of it just 
makes you better at everything that you're already doing anyway. You just start to look at stuff different. And then maybe maybe you'll play for a couple of years and you'll be like, you know what? I, I learned a lot and that wasn't for me. But that's actually something that I, it, it will make you better in other ways as well. And that's something I've said to others, too, is like if you get into it and it's a, a low impact one or two Debbie kind of thing, like you're not committing that much. Mm-hmm. And I know, too, with some home leagues, especially like you can add a Debbie slot and not really have any pushback. Yep. Right, you're just adding one Debbie. It's just one round of Debbie it, before it's you get easy into your to run. have a Debbie Make, draft. Right? Yep. Even in any dynasty, you can have a Debbie draft today. Yep, and you can literally just one round doesn't take any time. You can do a slow draft email. I mean, you can do it on a Google Doc or whatever. Like you can make it really simple. So I don't want to make it seem like you have to know a ton about college. It's just you can start and put your toe in the water. <clears throat> but something like you just said it though is that like learning more about these Debbie players and getting more into Debbie into the rookie class and all of this talk is really just because we are crazy and talking about this in January yeah. and February. Like we're talking about fantasy football when there's no points to be scored for what seven, eight months at this point. I mean, we're looking at, ahead at the longest stretch of no points scored and, and we're still talking about it. We're still excited. And if you're here doing that right along with us, you might as well try Debbie because you're obviously hardcore and, yeah. and join another league, take over an orphan. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of, of uh, kids out there that need an adoptable home, right? Uh, <laughs> and so I'm looking at yeah. it like there's probably some Debbie leagues out there. Maybe you can jump into for that same thing. So yep. I think we'll kind of end it on that. I think we've come pretty full circle on the process, even, at least in general. Like what but, uh, Rocky said too about your your own process and kind of riding your own wave. And sometimes I think that just hits better. Like when you, even when you miss, like you, you didn't get attached to something because of some buddy else or everybody else and then it hits and you're just like oh i wish i didn't listen to them the, the misses <laughs> right. even the misses feel better when you're accountable for them yourself as well to me yep. anyway maybe i'm wrong but just ride your own wave and enjoy it have fun don't be afraid to do a little bit of your own research and dig into things a little bit well that's how you grow right that's how you get better is you you find the flaws in your process and you, you learn to grow from that you you decide to do something different next time Yep. And you go, oh, I, my process had Nikhil Harry number one. What was I thinking? Well, let's go back and look at that, right? And I wasn't alone on that. I, I think there was so a lot of Nikhil people. Harry now, but it's all because like <sighs> I got it. I was like this guy buying the second year. I was right. the guy like getting into it and then like making excuse- reasons for the third year. I'm, I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy making excuses for the fourth year. Let's figure it out. You want a third round pick? for? I'll take it. Let's give me, give me Nikhil Harry. I'll take him on. You never know. He could get traded. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. I think we did a pretty good job covering that. And again, I, I want to make sure that we're clear. There isn't a process that we're trying to, to, to proselytize or whatever you want to call it. Like we're not trying to make sure that you're doing the process. Uh, it's more about like starting whatever your process is, right? There is no right or wrong reason. There's no right or wrong time. Just get into it. That's the whole thing. So uh, with that being said, let's finish into our last segment here. I'll, I'll pull up the roster here, Rocky, if you want to start the, the talk on it. But find me a trade. We got a good one this week. Submitted by uh, listener Swaggy McSwaggers. And as soon as I saw that name, I'm like, oh, that's the one I'm bringing on. For I know. You got that it. just makes no, too it's much not sense. Me. It's, it's not, not me. you, but this guy is clearly in the same vein. He's a Swaggy McSwaggerson. He's uh, got Ian more McGinnis. Money to throw at his uh, league than I do. I'm not going to even lie. That's perhaps true. Yeah. But the, the league is if you're, if you're not first, you're last. And his team is Fire and Fury. So I guess, Rocky, if you want to go through the settings, I'll pull up the team here real quick. Yeah. It's a, it's a 12 team, one QB. <laughs> Um, 1.5 tight end premium, uh, only 22 roster spots, so fairly small roster and fairly small uh, starting lineup as well. They only start eight. It's a, like we said, one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, uh, tight end, and two flex. 
Um, and Ian said his team is co-managed with a friend in a league that has a bigger jackpot every five years. They just had that jackpot season with the winner taking a bunch of money. Um, he finished third um, and said, we're considering going full rebuild, but no, it might be hard to get value for players like Amari and Dalvin who are on his roster as we'll get to in a minute um, at this point. So we'd love ideas around that based on the rosters in our league. The plan is to make another push when the jackpot is high again in five years time. But if you think we should push for the, the ship next season, that's another option, too. We don't have any picks of note in this year's or next year's draft to work with, though. Yeah. No, that, that part hurt me in my core because we're talking about rookies and rookie picks. And it's like, oh, he doesn't even have any. Of yeah, those. But that's OK. <laughs> that's OK. And I, I, I wanted to use this one mainly because of the name and swags, but also because it's a shallow bench short start start eight, like a short starting roster. Like this is not common for a lot of the leagues that I'm in. And I don't think you guys are in a lot of these either where it's. You know, this is how some of these leagues are. You you have a different kind of mentality when you only have 22 roster spots and you start eight. So I thought this one would be an interesting to kind of look at the other side of things. But I'll run through the roster real quick and then uh, get into some of these trades we found. But uh, again, one QB, he's got Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron may not play. We don't know. He's got Tyler Huntley after that. But Dak has a QB in one QB league. Fine with it. I think that's terrific. Running back, he got Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Daryl Henderson, Boston Scott, Deonta Foreman, Devin Singletary. I mean, there's two good hitters there with Cook and, and Harris, but Henderson, we don't know yet. Foreman, I don't think he's going to be anybody. Some question marks maybe there. Receivers, I think this is his, probably his best group. He's got Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, LaVisca Chenault, uh, Scott Miller. I love Scott Miller. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, Russell Gage, Sterling Shepard, LaVisca Chenault. I don't know if I mentioned him, but like he's got a pretty solid receiver group. You say I don't, you love Scott Miller, and then you're like, I love I'm Scott not Miller. talking about Chenault. <laughs> I love Scott Miller. I love Scott Miller. I just, I don't know what it is. But then tight end, Dalton Schultz, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Brock Wright. Some guys on, I mean, he's got some guys on IR and taxi, but nobody really of note. And again, with this shallow of a team, you're only, everybody only has 22 players. So I guess... Maybe Swags, let's start with you. You seem like you had a couple of good options. So let's maybe let you have the floor for a minute and talk about some of your trades or where your thoughts were. How do you build a trade? What is your first step? I mean, for me, I, I think of my targets and I try to think of the market a little bit and how I feel like I can manipulate it or take advantage of it. And and for me, like my head instantly because of Dalvin, and I know he's still a, a huge name and can still win some championships for people. I instantly went to Swift because I think we're almost a year too late selling Dalvin, but more from a value aspect, not from a production standpoint necessarily. But if you're trying to get rid of Amari Cooper and Dalvin Cook, and we're only starting eight, I'm all about trying to send them to the Swift team, who maybe is a little bit worried still, you never know. But that, that Swift team is also a very strong contending team that might like the idea of adding that next running back to their team. Like Andrew said, your wide receivers are already pretty deep. And I'm not too worried about Amari Cooper, though. He's only 27 years old. If he gets cut, he I, he's going to be on another team and a team that will want him. I think he'll be fine. He's obviously the the second half of his career now but this is mm -hmm. usually a good point in a wide receiver's career 27 to 28 years old so mm -hmm. i'm not as worried as some people about amari cooper still the same only starting eight players i'd be really happy to to make this move so yours would be cook and cooper for swift right yep that's i mean 
that's a that's a big boy trade. And I think if I'm the Swift manager, I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, that, that is some good value. I mean, yeah, Cook's getting older, but I get Cooper too. I mean, I think that's a solid trade. I, I would think that the Swift manager, you know, unless it was you, is probably going to say yes to that, right? That seems like a pretty fair value. What do you think, Rocky? I mean, I might have to like, go take a shower and cool off honestly and try to do some <laughs> serious thinking because i i know that even even for me you know that's a lot i don't really want to get attached to dalvin too much at this point but but yeah even for me i'd have to kind of like wow does it wow guys I, i'd go talk to somebody i'm sure you know like, oh yeah dude, he just you know i love swift but this dude just offered me dalvin and amari yeah. Yeah, and I mean I def- I like the idea of it a lot too. Uh with this short uh the small roster uh not not the roster size but the starting lineup size, you know, only having eight guys. Uh I I actually, you know, we'll get to my trade in a little bit. I I was originally looking kind of in that same vein of trying to upgrade. I just didn't find anything I like, but I actually do like this one. So um, I, I like, I love, so I'm, I'm a big Swift guy now. Uh, I wasn't as high on him as some people coming in, but uh, he's obviously turned me around and uh, just being able to plug that into your lineup. Uh, and, and he's still young. I just, yep. and, and it's, it, you know, it's hard to get uh, value for Amari on his own anyway. I mean, right. Amari is a guy that a lot of people just don't seem to like. So, but, but when you say, Oh, I'm getting Dalvin and, and Amari Cooper, it, it kind of makes it look better. Yeah. You'll start to create some narratives for Amari Cooper at that point. Exactly. This is why yeah. it's going to be good. Well, and, and looking at his, the, the Shella with Mahomes is the, the swift manager on that. And they've already got Alexander Madison. So it feels like cook would be an easy Ooh, fit. I didn't right there, notice that. Right? So that helped. <laughs> Their receivers, though, they've got uh, Rashad Bateman, Chase Claypool, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore. So they've got some solid receivers. Some studs, yeah. But at the same time, if I'm making this kind of trade, I'm looking at it purely on value. I don't need a lineup right now. And then later on, I, maybe you try to trade something like, uh, you know, Metcalf and Moore for, a, I don't know, a Jamar Chase. You know, you make some of those trades to consolidate down the road if I'm that guy. So I don't mind getting a twofer. There's easily some, like Darius Slayton. I don't mind dropping Darius Slayton to make room for Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? No, like that not, to me not is not terrible. roster in 22. Exactly. And that's the thing. I think sometimes people with this, with shorter rosters, you have to worry about who am I cutting? Cause some of these players could be good, but again, he's got three quarterbacks. He's got Mahomes, Herbert and Bridgewater cut Bridgewater. Like you don't yeah. need both the, all three of those guys in a 22. I mean, your, your roster is pretty lean. And again, we, we don't know all of the ins and outs. There could be some, you have to have three, you have, you know what I mean? Some of those things come into play here um, where we don't know all the different settings or whatever. There could be minimums. But the point I think I'm getting at is, is your your consolidation there helps your team, right? You only have eight starting spots. Consolidating up to Swift for the next three to four years of value, I'd like that trade a lot. Yeah. Um, it even keeps you maybe competitive still while you're focusing on the rebuild or, or building. I, I don't like to completely tear a team down, and I want to try to be as competitive as I can, and that's why I call it the competitive rebuild. Right. And I think you can do that with this move. Well, that's I love that. And I, I didn't know if you wanted to get in any of your other trades just to kind of talk through some of that. I know you had one for ETN. I, I didn't know if you wanted to get into that one at all. And obviously dealing with Dalvin on that one, too. I don't know if I want to after we shed on ETN. A well, little that's bit. why I thought maybe it'd be good to bring it up on the positive side. I mean, like, well, here's a trade that might work, too. So and my thought process was this. And this one involved Amon Ross St. Brown, who's somebody I want to get attached to. The downside of this one is it went the other way is I'm taking the youth off of this team and it was one of the worst teams in the league. So it's probably going to be hard to get them to take 
Dalvin on right now for me to take Travis Etienne and Amon Ross St. Brown and maybe have them push in Galladay to that trade. Then you, you might even be adding depth that you don't want. I think this is such a risky move. And like I said in the notes, not only do I think it's a risky move, I think it's a hard move to pull off. Yeah. Because of the youth movement that we see in Dynasty so often that it might not even be worth my time to approach this particular team just with their contention cycle and what I'm trying to do. You're taking on, I'd rather have Dalvin Cook than Travis Etienne all day. We are trying to predict uh, a Monroe St. Brown price drop that you can take advantage of in a few weeks. It just doesn't make sense the more we've well, talked it out. And I, I wanted to bring it up and not to not to call you out on it, but we talked about Amon Ra and ETN earlier. So I felt like if nothing else, it kind of pivots into that. I was even going to say this this trade you have was Dalvin for ETN, Amon Ra and Galladay. You're breaking up an asset, right? Like that's almost going the other way. Yeah. But the other thing I look at that this team does have some players that he can drop too and doesn't have any rookie picks. Maybe this is the kind of trade where you, you look to add like Dalvin and Cooper for those three in a pick. And you, you kind of, you know, maybe you get a second round on top of that. And you even mentioned that, like, there's some ways to maybe get, like, Amari for Amon Ra in a second. I like that logic. Like, if you don't have any picks, maybe this is the kind of the team you can look at to say, hey, you, maybe they have a lot of picks. Because if you don't, someone's got to have them, right? Yeah. So maybe you look at the picks and say, hey, this team might have some options. And not that necessarily that that team would be the one you trade with, but build a trade similar to that. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. It's the exact opposite in my mind of that swift trade where it's like, now I'm breaking is, Dalvin up, yeah. but as a rebuild. And, and if you're going to do even a competitive rebuild without rookie picks, that's tough. Cause now you really have to find ways and trades to get creative like this. And I think if you're, if you're feeling like a contender, and I think that's where Ian feels like his team is a contender, mm -hmm. they're in the top half. There's no reason to tear it down. You don't need to go to studs, but if you can get a trade like this in similar value and, and kind of get three guys that are ascending for cook, who's descending, that's still a rebuilding trade. So I, I at least wanted to talk about that half of it because it kind of mirrors your other trade. And I thought it yeah. was a really clever way to do it too. Still sending doubt. Yeah. And I and, agree with Spags though, that it could be hard to pull off just yeah. because, uh, you know, a team that, that was that bad might, might just be yeah. like, they're basically going to bank on the why fact that he Dalvin? thinks he's, you might get the he's getting Dalvin cheap. And, like, why yeah. would I want Dalvin? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That's he, you have to hope that he thinks he's getting them cheap and, and, and can resell him for more, I think is the only way that, that maybe this gets yep. done. This is the problem. Well, and, yeah. and again, just for context, that team is crash dummy and they have ETN as we discussed, but Dobbins, uh, CEH and Ramondre Stevenson are kind of their running backs. So you could look at that and say, well, Dobbins might be a running back one. CEH probably isn't. I ETN would, probably I, isn't. Dobbins is the one I want. I just didn't feel like we could get him. Oh, I agree. I'm saying that that team doesn't have a running back one. Like Dobbins is the best option True, in that yeah. case. So maybe you could sell it with that. Like, hey, I'm just trying to help you upgrade. And to start eight, that guy might be looking at this saying, I only need to start eight players. I got too many. I need to consolidate. Mm -hmm. And that's where, again, the rosters can make a difference. But Rocky, I know you. we all, we all had a Dalvin Cook no, trade. Sure. What was your Dalvin Cook trade? <laughs> Yeah, so what I decided to do, well, first of all, I wanted to mention, uh, he, he made a, mentioned about in his little write-up about making the oh. push when the jackpot is high again in five years. There is literally zero way to plan to be good in five years, so don't worry right. about that at all right now. Yep. I, I get what he's saying because there's a, I didn't say the amount, but it's a huge amount that 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 the guy won who won the, the five-year jackpot this year. Yeah, but Excellent point. Uh, yeah, yep. so I, I would not be worrying about that yet, and what I... I decided to do, I wanted to try and uh, keep them competitive, kind of like what uh, Spags was saying, 
um, while also getting him a little younger. So what I did was I traded Dalvin Cook to the Sofa Kings, uh, which one of the fun things about doing this is seeing all the different team names. I love, I love it. Name, the Sofa Kings. Anyway, uh, for T. Higgins and uh, Sofa Kings second, which I'm pretty sure is 211 or 212, because he did mention, which I also didn't read in the write-up, that he lost to the T. Higgins team in the semis. So I'm pretty sure this is 211 or 212. So it's not a, not a huge, uh, not a hugely high pick, but it gets him another draft pick. He only has a fourth in, in 2022. Uh, so, and like we talked about, I, I don't mind getting out of Dalvin Cook now. Uh, he's not as valued as he once was, but he's still pretty up there. And uh, I looked at it actually when I was doing this. I was like, uh, "Does is T Higgins in a second work?" And 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 I was looking at ADP and one the DLF one uh, QB ADP. Dalvin's still at fourteen. So and yeah, he, Higgins is at twenty two. So I, I figured this was a decent return. You add the second to make up the difference. Um, like I said, getting a pick when he only has the fourth this year. And going off last year, T. Higgins only finished a point per game, uh, one point per game behind behind Dalvin. And and we could see that, you know, it's possible he's going to be 27. We could see that decline mm-hmm. next year even. I think it was like 16.5 to 15.5 for T. And, and T's an ascending ass. I know people – um, you know, he's, he's the wide receiver too on his team, but he's still very good. And to that very point, the guy, yeah, the guy that's getting, uh, that would be trading T Higgins, he's loaded at wide receiver. I don't have his right. team up in front of me, but I remember he had Deontay. He has Chase, which I also wanted to mention because I know a lot of people, me too, actually. Uh, if, if I have two guys on the same team, I prefer to move that into another asset. Um, and not like I said, they're both good and, and they've had weeks where they were both good, but. I generally don't like to have two receivers from the same team that, that might go into my starting lineup. When just while you're thinking about it, he's got Jamar Chase, Brandon Cooks, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, your boy, Cooper Cup, Devonta Smith, <laughs> wow. Mike Williams. Like he's got he's yeah, loaded at receiving. So he can loaded. afford to 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 give away T. So and, and then um, his running backs though are Chase Edmonds, Michael Carter, Saquon right. Barkley, right? Like he's he's a and little light at running back. You still have to start two running backs in this league. So I feel yeah, like that's, and that's I, a solid personally, pick. I've mentioned this on, on this pod and other pods. I personally don't care about making sure I have my RB2 solidified in January. But a lot of people do think like that, even in exactly. January and February. So I like to target trades like that. Like, oh, this guy might, oh, I have Saquon and Dalvin. And Dalvin easily becomes probably my best running back. I mean, most people, I think, have him over Saquon at this point. Yep. So, uh and I, I don't mind so much that the uh, our team is, doesn't really have a great RB2 at this point because it's January. Uh, I mean, even if you are worried about that, you do have Singletary, who maybe could be an RB2. Who knows? Um, I, I kind of feel like Buffalo probably brings in another running back, maybe a decent, you know, one of these draft prospects. We'll see. But uh, I'm not Rocky, too worried about that. Does that opinion change? Because we're all in a lot of leagues. Does that opinion change? If you feel like you're in a league that's not as active, oh, definitely. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you know he can make a trade or two between now and September. That that will, mm-hmm. if he's worried about his RB two slot, he can he can fix that later or even even early in the season. I mean, you could go in with this and and then you know as guys start playing and people you know things happen. You know, maybe you trade a re, you know maybe one of your receivers pops off that you weren't expecting. So mm-hmm. like um, Scott Miller. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then you trade that guy for an RB two. But well, I think this team could potentially still compete next year. And if this, if you do this move and and some other moves in the offseason doesn't work out, 
then I'm fine maybe blowing it up at that point and, and seeing if maybe you can, you know, find the one person who will give up 23 picks or something. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I like this just because, like I said, it gets some younger T Higgins will be good long after Dalvin cook is, is stopped producing. So no, I, I completely agree. And the reason I brought up that running back two and kind of the, the lineup, I'm with you hundred percent. We tell people all the time, it doesn't matter. We, we don't care about starting lineups, but a lot of other people do. Yes. And sometimes that's a way to get I, yourself in. I do in a and, little bit. I won't even well, lie. That, <laughs> that's my position. I want to be. I want to be stout at running back. And and my thing too is I'm not saying you're wrong for that. I mean, like you can have your own opinion. I don't care, right? But if you do, and this is a way to help you out and help me out, it's a win-win. That's the whole point of trading. Oh, Very sure. rarely I don't hate the trade at all. To be yeah. clear, I, I don't hate the trade. No, no, I'm saying, and it's not even like they're they're. I think this gets uh, misconstrued a lot when you all you see is like Twitter polls and like somebody lost the trade. If you accept the trade, you didn't lose the trade. You've agreed to this. So it should be a win win anyway. Right. But I'm saying you can use this as a leverage point and saying, hey, you're, you look to be strong at receiver and weak at running back. I'm the opposite. I wouldn't mind making a trade for T Higgins to get him off because you've got both Bengals. I mean, like you can use that as a, as a, you know, in the note in MFL, yeah. you can send that or in a DM or a group chat or whatever. Like you can do some of that, like talking and kind of sweetening the deal. Um, and I think that, that there is trade talks are a very interesting science, right? And trying to find out who this is. I have people that I'm in leagues with that I'm in a home league with where they literally will not trade with me because they know I do a, dun- a ton of leagues and that if I'm sending them something, it's because I know something they don't and they will just smash decline no matter what I send them. I have to overpay for anybody, right? So like I mean, that context is like not available too. right now. We don't have sometimes that knowledge. It gets old knowing you always have to overpay. Sometimes I'm okay with it. Sometimes... It it does get kind of old. Well, it kind of goes on what you were saying, Worth. Like, is this an active league? Is this a? Do you know that manager? Right? He's already mm-hmm. tried to talk about making a trade for T. Higgins before this. Or where did those talks end? We don't know. Maybe it was contentious. Maybe there was some argument, or there was some you know emotions involved. Where somebody's like, "I'm not that that trade sucks," and he blows them up on Twitter or puts them in the group chat, and like, "I'm not trading with that guy." Like, we don't know all the yeah. context, right? But at least we can give you some ideas of where to go. And that's why I, I thought mean, that was good. And um, in the end, a trade is just two people disagreeing. <laughs> yes. That's yes. true. <laughs> disagreeing a li- just enough to say yes to each other. They're like, yep. fine, we disagree. We're, we're going to agree to disagree. If we'll take yeah. the other side. Um, I want to, unless you had more you wanted to get into, Rocky, I was going to get into mine. Yeah, no, let's get into yours. So my thought process, looking at at, uh, at Ian's team here, the, the one weak spot for me was, was tight end. I'm not sold on Dalton Schultz. I know a lot of people think he's a, a top 12 tight end. I'm not going to fight with you on that because who knows after tight end five, it's kind of pointless. And on a, on a league where you only have to start eight players and your roster is really short, I want to stud tight end. So the first thing I did is I went looking at the other teams and I was like, well, who's got a tight end that they can give up. And I found uh, the team was the Daminator, which again, great name uh, (laughs) team Daminator has Travis Kelsey and Kyle Pitts. And I'm like, all right, so that guy's got a ton of, positional strength at tight end and again i don't care about positions except for the onesies like tight end and quarterback where it's like that can make or break your season that's a really easy way to upgrade your team i think tight end is a weird spot kyle pitts had a great year for a rookie and is most likely the dynasty tight end one right now kelsey is probably the tight end too right so you've got these two guys the top two tight ends are on one roster so my trade was in a similar vein of course sending dalvin cook and christian kirk or pick another receiver to Team Daminator for Travis Kelsey and Aaron Jones. And the logic here is Aaron Jones, I think, is one of those polarizing players. There's some people that don't think he's the guy, that think he's splitting too much time with A.J. Dillon. He's not the future. You could find somebody who's not, a, not happy with that. 
And then obviously if the guy's got pits, maybe he's willing to move Kelsey at a little bit of a discount and upgrading from Jones to cook is nice. And then adding on a Christian Kirk or LaVisca Chenault, one of those guys, not one of your studs, but I mean, I think there's a way that you could pull a trade like that off and then not like it matters, but putting it in the DLF analyzer, I was kind of shocked to see that that actually favored the cook and Kirk side. I'm looking at that on my head. I'm like, well, Kelsey and Jones, I want that side all day. Like I, you know, not that I hate Dalvin cook, but, the gap between him and Jones isn't that much. And the gap between Kelsey and Kirk is humongous. So for yeah. me, it's like, that seems like an easy win. But again, DLF analyzer had this, you know, 30 point different, you know, in favor of the Dalvin Cook side, which again, not that that means anything, but you can use that knowledge and say, well, hell, okay, that's where the prices are in the market. Maybe this guy is going to agree with that. Maybe he's not quite there. Maybe he's more with me, but I don't have to add much. That's what I like using calculators for. It's a way to kind of take me out of my brain and be like, this trade looks ridiculous. But when I put it in the calculator, wait a minute, this might actually pull off as it is. I don't need to add a third. I don't need to add another player. Let me just send it as is and we can build from there. So that's kind of where my thoughts were. And maybe Swags, let's say you go first. What do you think about that one? I don't mind that. I think that you did point out his weakness. I I don't think Dalton Schultz is a top five tight end either i like dalton schultz a little bit more if he stays in dallas than if he moves on to another team but i i don't hold him in that regard i think you can get by with him but i think that you're right and i think you found a great team for this situation that has kyle pitts and might be ready to move on from kelsey before he gets much older he'll be losing value before production and you might be able to get him pretty easy with that team i don't mind that move at all actually Nice, and, nice, and Rocky. And you like, oh. I like, I think I like AJ Dillon a little bit more than you do, but I agree with you at this point. I don't think Aaron Jones and Dallin are as far apart as people want them to be. That that was actually the point. I, the one point I was going to make. I, I actually really like this trade because I saw I saw the same thing you did. I, I actually like Schultz. Uh, if he, I agree with Spag, if mm-hmm. he stays in Dallas, because Dak really likes to target the tight end. Yep. Um, but. I, I he, tight end was definitely a weakness on this roster. You know, he's got Dalton Schultz and he's got little else. And Dalton Schultz is not a you know locked in guy. If he goes right. to like you know the Jacksonville next year or something, I don't oh. know that I like Dalton Dalton Schultz. So, um, <laughs> so I love the idea of getting Kelsey, um, especially if you want to go all in for next year. Aaron Jones is just the one that scares me a little bit. He's a He's a guy I'm looking to move off. I don't know if people realize AJ Dillon actually ended up with more carries this year. Jones well, did miss one game, but but this is what I'm saying. If you have Jones on your roster, you're probably done with him. I, mean, I had him on one roster. I traded him, I think, in week seven or eight, and I was like, I'm out, and I was already out, right? So I'm not saying that he's a he's a stud, but he's somebody on a on a start eight. I don't mind filling in on a buy, right? Okay, he's not. I mean, you got Najee Harris as your running back one, and then you're going to filter between Henderson, Singletary, and Jones for my RB two. I don't mind that. You know what I mean? And I even was thinking as we were talking about this, like I wouldn't even mind adding Dalton Schultz to that package and do, you know, Cook, Kirk and Schultz, you know, for Kelsey and Jones, because then you're you're this team that Ian's team is very Cowboys heavy. Right. You got Dak, you got Amari, you got Dalton. I mean, like sometimes you might want to spread that around. And I think that still gives the other guy another tight end to kind of backfill as a top 10, 12, whatever, you know, tight end. And I mean, yeah, you're getting older at the position, but if you don't have draft picks, you might as well go all in the next year or two. And then if it doesn't work, like you said, Rocky, that's when you blow it up in 23 and 24. And you start saying, all right, I didn't make it. I've got old players. I, you know, that's the time you go in. But I think he still at least has the, the ability to win this next year. And I, again, I don't think there's a reason to build for five years from now. I mean, that's that's <laughs> crazy talk in my world. 
But I think you go win every year for five years. That's that's what I would do. Let's go win every year. You know, let's not build for the future. Let's win now. Your team is good. Yeah, and I like the Kelsey upgrade. I think uh, some people I think are starting to go a little too far on away on Kelsey, like like that he's. You know, he's going to be 33 or whatever it is. Uh, elite tight ends play very well. He's not going to necessarily be the tight end one in production going forward. I could see Andrews doing it again. I could see Pitts doing it very soon. Hawk, yeah, Kittle if he ever stays healthy. But but he's going to be up there for, I still think, two or three more years. So I, I definitely like uh, like getting Kelsey. I and the price and for Pitts there's is not a be better nuts. running back to take yeah, from this guy who pay. has Kelsey than Aaron Jones. So that was my thought too. It's uh, yeah. like it upgrades him, and that's his best running back to come back. I do want a running yeah. back back if I'm sending Dalvin. That was the other part of my logic there too. Is like he's not strong enough at running back to kind of. And I don't disagree with your T Higgins trade. I'm just saying like I would prefer to get a running back back if I'm sending Dalvin Cook, just because I'm not strong enough to kind of weather that. But again, I mean, there's no wrong answer here. I think these are all terrific options to kind of give you some yep. things to feed on there. And again, Ian, you might have more information even still and, and say, hey, I never thought of that. I didn't think about it. Maybe I've tried to trade for Kelsey. The guy's not moving. Like this is just to try to give you some some bonus to, you know, some footing to start with. So hopefully you got some good info from that. And hopefully other listeners, other junkies can go into their leagues and kind of have the same idea. But we're hitting it almost the 130 mark. So we're going to try to wrap it up here. But is there anything else that anybody wanted to talk about that we didn't get into yet this I evening regarding rookie talk or trades story- or what? was if you like Javante Williams, which a lot of us do, go get A.J. Dillon at half the price. There you go. I like that logic. And I think there's some of that stuff, too, that we're going to see in the next couple weeks. We're going to hear a lot of blurbs about Aaron Jones. We're going to hear a lot of blurbs about Dalvin Cook. But we're not going to hear much at all about A.J. Dillon in my mind. I think that the the story on Dillon's already written. I think there's going to be a lot more talk and debate and, and discussion on Twitter and things about, like, well, what happens with Aaron Jones? Is he relegated to RB2? Like, everybody's going to be talking him down. And I think you're kind of right. AJ Dillon's going to keep floating up there. He could be a top 10 running back this time next year. So yeah. I'm with you 100%. Go, go, go get him cheap. And none of us targeted him, but that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping up then. So I think for the most part, Ian, appreciate your time and sending us your trade. Uh, as always, if anybody's got a trade that they want to send in, you can get it through our link tree, which is on our Twitter. Uh, you can submit your, there's a Google form. You can submit your team on there. Uh, we love helping anybody out too. So always, as, as I say, send us DMs. We're always available on Twitter for that. Um, I, I am at Andrew Hall FF Rocky with me here at dynasty FF addict. Our other co-host is Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. We are the dynasty junkies. Follow us on Twitter at dynasty junkies. Uh, make sure you follow the DAP network too. at DAP underscore network. That's dynasty addict podcast, a DAP underscore network. I believe uh, make, make sure you subscribe, rate and review. If you like the podcast, if you don't like the podcast, if you're hearing Rocky's uh, cable cutting out, please let us know if you don't like the way that, <laughs> My voice sounds. Let me know. I mean, I can't change that, but it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, just give DM us some reviews. Them. Just give them a five-star review and then DM them about those little problems. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Five-star <laughs> review and then all the one-star comments in my DM. That'd be great. There you go. Um, but then I, before we go, of course, Swags, where can people find you? I know you mentioned it earlier, but wh- what are you up to these days and how can people hear your, your thoughts on stuff? I am at Swagzilla Zero G. I, I super appreciate you guys having me on tonight, hanging with the junkies. This has been a ton of fun. You guys are smart guys. Going to be doing Rookie Fever, then Super Flexible. Rookie Fever, as I mentioned, we're going to have all those player profiles rolling out as well as our weekly shows, and I think that starts in like two weeks. So we're super busy talking to people about all those rookies already and kind of just even as you guys know setting up those interviews and going yep. through that process so oh, i love cherry picking on players 
Yeah, I love when yeah. I'm into a player, I go look at your feed and be like, all right, when did they talk to that? Because three weeks ago, great. Let me go listen to that one. Like that's yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Love it. But then what else you got going on? Are you are you doing anything else on the Twitter machine? I know you're saying you're kind of keeping it low key. It Not sounds like much, man. I mean, I, I, I pump out the shows, I talk a little bit <clears> if I have a thought or something that I think that can hopefully help somebody while they're building their teams. I mean, that's all I'm really ever trying to do, no matter how people take me to be completely honest with you. I think that's a lot of us have the best interest of things in, but then super flexible do rookie fever with Michael Fenero and Dave Wright at Artbark TV and FF underscore spaceman, all lowercase. That's about it right now, man. It's has been like the most down year since I've really started creating any kind of content be it writing or podcasting but well we you're just ramping up man. with a weekly show but yeah yeah, yeah you're ideas. just getting going dude i'm so good at ideas <laughs> but <laughs> no follow through no we're really glad you could join us this is a good time and obviously Appreciate there's a ton guys, honestly man a ton of info to come out in the next couple of months so we'll have everybody keep track of that and go obviously go sign up for rookie fever go find out what they're doing to subscribe to that podcast too um that's all i got but rocky you want to finish this up and take us out of here go right ahead yeah, but just want to second what Andrew said. Thank, thanks, Swags, for coming on tonight. This was a blast. Um, for, for Swags, for Andrew, for Scott, who's not here, and for me, Junkies out.